What is going on? Welcome in to another episode of The Chief Zone. Farzine Vasugian here with you. It is August the 2nd. Yes, we are in the month of August. You guys all know what that means. We are very close to kickoff. The first preseason game is tomorrow. I believe it is the Browns and the Jets. So that should be great. Looking forward to that. A lot of other things to uh, get into here on this episode of the Chief Zone. A lot of things to get into here. We'll talk about some of the latest talk with Travis Kelsey and the uh, the fighting that's happened. That is, uh, it's it's been a while since that last happened, but we haven't had a chance to discuss it on the podcast. So I do want to touch on that a little bit. The Chiefs wide receivers, uh, they got off to a bit of a bad start with some of the bad news going on with a couple of the players, but. Uh, now they look like they're kind of the, uh, the bright spot on the team. Now it is just training camp, but they are getting a lot of attention so far in training camp. Justin Ross met with the media today and I thought he made some, uh, very interesting comments. So I want to get into that a little later on. Ross Tucker, who does a lot of NFL analysis, he ranked all 32 offensive lines in the NFL as groups, not individual players, but as groups, had the Chiefs very high. We'll discuss that. I do also want to get into my biggest question mark so far with the Chiefs team right now as we are a little over a month away from kickoff. Looking forward to talking about all of that with you here on this episode of the Chiefs Zone. I see a lot of you guys are coming in, watching live on the Facebook page and on YouTube. For those of you who are not watching on YouTube, please make sure you're subscribed there as well. That is youtube.com slash at the Chiefs Zone. And you guys will be able to uh, catch some of the live streams on there. It's a lot easier on YouTube than it is on Facebook. Uh, I appreciate the interaction no matter where it comes from, but if you're browsing on your phone on other apps at least on the iphone i know it works like this uh you can at least have youtube on in the background and uh you can listen to the chief zone live and if you listen to the archived version hey nothing wrong with that we are on apple spotify uh iheart radio we're everywhere so appreciate everyone who is downloading and listening to the chief zone wherever it may be before we move forward i would just want to give you guys a heads up, this podcast is brought to you by SeatGeek. Go to SeatGeek.com and use the promo code FARZIN, that's F-A-R-Z-I-N, and get yourself $20 off at SeatGeek. When you go to SeatGeek.com, it's pretty cool. They have the uh, tickets and the prices next to it, and also gives you a, either a green dot or a red dot, uh, different shades of green and different shades of red, too, to let you know if you're getting, if you're uh, getting the best bang for your buck when you are purchasing tickets from SeatGeek, whether it's a sporting event, uh, a comedy show, a concert, whatever it is, if it's available at SeatGeek.com, go there, get your tickets before you check out, use my promo code Farzine, get yourself $20 off when you go to SeatGeek.com. All right, I see you guys in the chat room. If you guys have any comments, questions, anything you guys want to talk about, uh, whatever is on your mind, I want to hear from you guys. We will read comments near the end of the podcast. This is not going to be a very long podcast. Uh, you know, there's only so much you can talk about um, in the offseason. I mean, technically, it's not the offseason. In my opinion, the offseason doesn't start until... Uh, Gosh, I mean, really the first regular season game, because even the preseason game, it's like, man, it, it, it's exciting in the first quarter. And then after 10 minutes into the game, it's like, OK, all right, uh, we're ready to, to, to move on here. So, uh, I mean, when training camp is still going on the way it is, uh, there's only so much you can talk about. But there are some things to get into here. I do want to talk about this and just get it out of the way. The whole Travis Kelsey thing, because a lot of people have had a lot to say about it. Obviously, a lot of Chiefs haters have weighed in on this. Uh, listen, uh, I don't think what Kelsey did, uh, it, it, so he, he had a couple of, um, skirmishes there. Uh, the first one, I think it was against Boodle, one of the defensive backs on the team. Uh, I'll be honest. I don't even remember his first name right now. I'll pull that out. But the, the other one, the, the one that is getting a lot of attention is, uh, the one against linebacker Jack Cochrane. I believe that's how you say his name. 
Uh, I'm trying to look up Boodle here. Uh, DiCaprio Boodle. Yeah, the uh, one of the uh, cornerbacks on the team. But uh, that was uh, one day, uh, the uh, scuffle with Boodle. And then 24 hours later, we got a little skirmish between Kelsey and Cochrane. It wasn't really too big of a deal. I think some people are maybe blowing this a little bit out of proportion uh, because what happened was Travis Kelsey caught the pass. It was a touchdown and Cochrane comes in and is trying to punch the ball out when the, the play is over and Kelsey did not take too kindly to that. So he swung uh, with a left hook. Uh, mind you, uh, probably the same left hook. We saw Michael Bisping win the UFC middleweight title, that kind of left hook. Um, Listen, when I saw that, it instantly reminded me of a basketball game a few years ago. I don't know if you guys remember the ending to KU and K-State. I can't remember what year this was exactly, where there was a massive brawl at the end of the game. So what happened was, I mean, there was like 30 or 20 seconds left. KU's up by 30, maybe 40 points. It's a blowout. The game's over. Uh, a case all the reserves are playing, but a K-State player sneaks up from behind, steals the football from a KU player, and gets an easy layup. I mean, maybe he dunked it. I don't remember. KU players did not take too kindly to that. They pretty much got physical from the get-go, and it turned into a brawl. Like, we are talking an all-out brawl. And my frustration with this, the reason I criticize KU players so much, like, dude, you're up by 30. This guy who probably might get a phone call from his uncle who he doesn't hear from uh, often is going to get a phone call and say, hey, we saw you uh, get a dunk with 20 seconds left in a meaningless moment in a basketball game. Uh, and the reason I was so frustrated about this is because such a pointless moment like that carried into the – not necessarily the stands, but – so for those of you familiar with Allen Fieldhouse, behind both baselines, that's where they have the student section. Right in front of the student section, though, they have uh, they have wheelchair seating. Um, and the fight carried over there. Listen, if the fight carried over into the stands, I'd be like, okay, all right, whatever. Like, people in the stands can get out of the way. But when, when you're going into an area where it's wheelchair seating area, uh, you know, I mean, those people just don't have the ability to get out of the way as as fast as anyone else. It, it, it's just it, that, that kind of thing just did not sit well with me as a KU fan. I, I, I think K-State should have been just as ashamed as what they did. But um, it, it, the whole Kelsey thing reminded me of that. Like you have Cochrane who does something stupid and not necessary. And then Kelsey took it to a higher level. Um, usually when something like that happens, it does turn into a, a, a fight where, you know, players are having to, a bunch of players have to get in the middle. That kind of thing, fortunately, did not happen. So, uh, I, 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 listen, I don't know what was said. Who knows? And I don't think Kelsey has done a press conference since this has happened. I imagine the first time, the first chance the media gets that will come up and it's going to be a little weird because it's been, what, a, more than a week now or close to a week? I don't know, man. Training camp, I mean, the days feel like they go on for a while. So uh, it already feels like a long training camp. But uh, I, I don't know. It looked like something was said between the two and they diffused it pretty quickly. Kelsey did tweet out there saying he needs to be better. So. Uh, listen, everyone's moved on from that. It sounds like, uh, I, I know Kelsey's done some media today for NFL network. They were in St. Joe for training camp. Um, so it seems like he's moved on. He's sporting the stash. The stash is back for Kelsey. So, uh, he, he seems like he's certainly in good spirits since then, which is good because I think that kind of thing, I know Kelsey was the center of attention several years ago when he had made some boneheaded moves. And by the way, let me just say something. Cause I defended Kelsey on this and I'll still defend him today. Because a lot of people brought up the Jacksonville Jaguars game in 2016 where he got tossed out. Uh, the referee uh, threw his flag at Kelsey. Well, not necessarily like at him, uh, but but it was a penalty for Kelsey. I think it was going to be like unsportsmanlike conduct or something. And Kelsey was, he knew what, what the penalty was. So he threw his towel at the direction of the referee. And the same referee just tosses his hat up because he already threw the flag. Listen, I, I actually did not blame Kelsey one bit for... His reaction there, I mean, the Jaguars defense, they were getting away with constant horse collar penalties. It's like, what the hell do you want the guy to do? The penalty, they're constantly getting away with it, and they're celebrating in Kelsey's face. And the referee, not one bit, like, willing to even hear Kelsey out. 
And, uh, you know, later in the game, they just threw a flag at him. It's like, what do you want a pass catcher to do in that situation? I'd probably lose my cool, too, if I was playing against a defense and they were yanking me from the back, constantly doing horse collar penalties, getting away with them. Uh, and by the way, you know, all the people who want to say, oh, the Chiefs get away with shit. You, you, you want to know how many times the Chiefs have not have been on like the other side of that. Every every team does, but people only talk about it when their preferred team uh, finds themselves on like the losing side of those kinds of situations. Funny how that works. But uh, I remember uh, when the Chiefs were playing the Patriots to open up the 2017 season. Uh, Kelsey, during the pregame show, they had uh, uh, one of those pre-recorded packages. And in, in the uh, uh, package, Kelsey g- gave an interview saying he needs to be better, needs to be more mature. And then that same game, he, he's damn near close to uh, kicking someone below the belt. A Patriots defender, I can't remember who it was, Hightower or uh, Gilmore, whoever the hell it was. But, um, I mean, listen, he's, he's gotten better about it. I, I, I think the success kind of... Uh, comes with some maturity as well, too. So, I mean, look, it's training camp. Josh Allen started a fight because somebody touched him. They didn't even, like, aggressively shove him or anything. Just barely touched him. Allen shoves back, and a brawl starts, and Allen just bolts away from there. Uh, I saw um, I saw a fight at Brown's training camp. Deshaun Watson, you know, the quarterback's always got to get away. Deshaun Watson just, like, he's going back. He's not even getting close to that situation there, which, which I thought was kind of funny there, so... Yeah, I just want to uh, bring that up, get that out of the way, because uh, it, it, it it had not happened since we last did a podcast, and uh, we brought it up, and now it's over with. So there's that. By the way, for those of you joining us live on the Facebook page, if you miss any part of this podcast, you can check out the podcast version, or you can watch this. I don't know if it gives you the capability to rewind right now. I've, I've never had a chance to to figure that out. Um, or if you if you want, just wait until after the show's over. You can go back and watch a video version of it. It's also on YouTube as well, or you can catch the podcast version of it on Apple, uh, Spotify, wherever you guys uh, listen to your podcasts. So... Uh, check that out if you haven't done so already. Make sure you're subscribed to the Chiefs Zone on there. All right, I do want to touch on the wide receivers because the wide receivers, I thought, got off to a really bad start. You didn't get DeAndre Hopkins. That was that was kind of a, a, a blow to the Chiefs because that was a player that they have been keeping their eye on for quite some time. Kadarius Tony injured his knee very early in training camp. I think the first day of training camp when veterans arrived. And then John Ross, who, you know, it's not like he was expected to be the number one receiver, but I think a player, a lot of fans and even the team wanted to at least give a chance because of his potential being the number nine draft pick in 2017, one pick before Patrick Mahomes, he retired unexpectedly. So the wide receivers got off to a really bad start to start off training camp. Now it seems like the wide receivers, they're kind of the, uh, the highlight so far in St. Joe, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling. It seems like he and Mahomes have been in sync quite a lot, which is good to see because I think MVS is going to be a guy, especially with KT, uh, who knows how long he's going to be out for MVS might be that number one receiver. Uh, and if he's not there, you're going to be relying on a very young guy. So MVS, the, the veteran on this team, and also, you know, has a size advantage too. This is going to be a guy that Mahomes is going to be, uh, throwing to a lot this season. I think and I'm just talking to wide receivers. Obviously your number one target is Travis Kelsey, but we're not talking about tight ends. We're just talking about wide receivers here. Richie James is another guy that is getting a lot of attention. And I'll be honest, I think Richie James is a guy that perhaps I might have underestimated coming into training camp. I didn't really see a whole lot in him. I know in the past with San Francisco and with New York, the Giants, that is, he had done some good things there. And you got to keep in mind, who was his quarterback in San Francisco? Jimmy G. Who was his quarterback in New York? Daniel Jones. You know, and, and for the job that he did last year in New York, with Daniel Jones as his quarterback. Yeah, I think he. this is a guy that is coming into a system now that fits him a lot more. There's a lot of praise about his abilities as a pass catcher, especially that yak, and that is something that goes a long way in Andy Reid's offense. He's also received a lot of praise for his return abilities and when you consider the fact that Dave Tobe, and I know the special teams unit has not been the best the past couple of years, but still, I think I would still rather have Dave Tobe than not. 
as your special teams coordinator. And look, I know the Chiefs are using so many different guys on special teams. Justin Ross has been in there. Sky Moore has been using some uh, uh, some reps there. Uh, Richie uh, Rice, uh, Richie James. Uh, I know Isaiah Pacheco did some of that last year uh, in the regular season. I, he's done a little bit of that in camp as well. The Chiefs have a lot of suitors for the kick and punt return positions. Um, I don't know if they're going to do something like where Dante Hall, you know, took uh, handled both kick and punt return duties. Or if they want to try to split that up, have someone there for kick returns and someone there for the punt returns. Uh, not exactly sure how they want to um, how to handle that, but uh, you might have a lot of people uh, returning punts and kickoffs for the Chiefs this year. So I'm very curious to see who they use for the first punt return or kickoff return against the Saints when the Chiefs play them in about a week, a week and a half for their first preseason game. Uh, that is something I'm very curious to see. But for now, for right now, uh, sticking with the wide receivers, I know I got a little off topic there. You know, Rasheed Rice, uh, excuse me, Richie James is someone that I think is, is going to probably get a lot, of, uh, a lot of snaps this year. And again, we don't know exactly KT's timetable. It is a meniscus uh, repair that they did for that knee injury. Um, I know there was uh, something very similar with... Um, Jalen Ramsey, I almost said Jalen Hurts, uh, for the Dolphins, but he's going to miss quite some time. A, a meniscus tear and a meniscus repair can be very different. Um, I just recently had knee surgery. Let me just preface, I'm not a doctor by any stretch, uh, but I, I like to think I know a thing or two about the knee in general because I've gone through the ringer with the knee, tore my ACL, tore my meniscus years ago, went through that kind of uh, rehab. Uh, and I've uh, just recently had knee surgery uh, uh, the, for the Cyclops Legion. Um, and the Cyclops Legion, that's like the most minor knee surgery you can ask for. I, I mean, I had that surgery at the end of June, and it's the beginning of August right now. I'm doing some light jogging. I, I mean, I was already, you know, out in the park hiking uh, in the middle of July. So, uh, by the way, not the most ideal time to go uh, outside hiking in Kansas City. But nonetheless, I enjoy it. <laughs> a topic for another time. But the, the thing with um, that knee, I mean, KT's already walking. I'm sure he's doing some exercises by now. Now, is he football ready? That is a whole different point, especially with his speed. You know, you don't want... Uh, Kadarius Tony out there not being able to utilize his speed the way he's capable of using it. Uh, otherwise, you don't want him out there because there's a chance he might damage that and extend his injury uh, to long term. So I would be okay if the Chiefs did not have him available. And again, keep in mind this happened early in training camp, which I, I think for the Chiefs, July the 20th, 21st, 22nd, I can't remember exactly when training camp started. It was in July, early 20-something. Um, the month of August just started. So he's still got more than a month, a little more than a month to be ready for that week one game. Is he going to be ready? I don't know. Um, the Cyclops lesion, again, that's like the most minor knee surgery you can ask for a meniscus repair. That might be one level above a Cyclops lesion, uh, a meniscus tear, um, not, Ideal, as you can see with Jalen Ramsey, he's going to miss some time. But if you're not an athlete, a meniscus tear is far from like the worst thing in the world. You can go back to normal activities pretty, pretty soon. Whereas like a torn ACL, it would take a very long, it will take at least a couple of months, maybe even longer to just get back at the gym. So uh, there's your little uh, uh, knee uh uh, just your little uh, education on the knee from me, your uh, lecture from me, uh, Dr. Farzine. But uh, listen, I, I, again, everyone reacts to diff every injury differently. Uh, you just never know sometimes. So hopefully they don't rush things with KT and he'll be able to come back at 100% for week one or whenever uh, is the right time for him. But I'm loving the wide receivers right now. And again, I, I, and I've said this for so many years and I'll say it again. I do want to, you know, be be cautious. It's training camp, man. Yeah, are they going hard in camp? Of course they are. But at the same time, listen, you're not going to 
I mean, let's just say uh, Justin Reed. Is he going to lay out Travis Kelsey the same way he would lay out Darren Waller, for instance? No. Um, he's not going to go full speed on his own teammates. You you don't do that. Um, doesn't mean there isn't tackling or any of that stuff happening. There, Of course there is. Um, but you don't go full speed at your own teammates. And I think that's, you know, some things in training camp you have to kind of uh, be aware of there because hey, listen, give it a little more than a week. The Chiefs will be able to um, to be go uh, pop pads against another team uh, and, and that'll feel good uh, because obviously you don't want to do that stuff against your own teammates. Uh, but I'm excited for these wide receivers. I want to see what they're going to do uh, in that first preseason game. MVS, Rasheed Rice, Sky Moore, Richie James. Uh, those are guys who are um, really off to a, a nice start with um, uh, with everything going on in training camp. I will say Justin Ross is a very interesting name. He's had a lot of highlights so far in training camp. Um, he also spoke to the media today. And he put on pads for the first time in more than a year. I actually did not realize. I forgot about this, actually. And uh, the media asked, asked him what that was like. He said, beautiful, which, you know, <laughs> a really good way to describe all that. Um, he also talked about how he deleted the Twitter app or X, whatever the hell we're calling this thing now. He deleted that from his phone just so he can avoid the hype. That he's receiving. And I think that's a very interesting thing. Chris Jones said something very interesting. Because I think Colin Sanders, uh, before he moved on to the uh, Saints, obviously, towards the end of the year, he was kind of going back and forth with a lot of fans online about the criticism that the team, yeah, they're getting a lot of sacks, but they're doing it with blitzes and not on a four-man rush. And I think Chris Jones said in a press conference, you know, look, um, avoid that stuff. That There's nothing good that comes out of... That kind of thing, and I can understand that. So good on uh, good on Justin Ross for getting rid of the Twitter app. His his Twitter account is still there, but if you just look through his tweets and his likes, he obviously has not done anything in quite some time. So I can believe the fact that he's deleted the app just to avoid some of that um, some of that uh, attention that he's getting. Now I will say this: once he gets to a high level. You know, listen, you want some sponsorships, you want to be able to connect with the fans a little bit, you probably might, might want to reactivate it. But I think by that time, he'd be at least in a more comfortable zone if he does live up to that hype uh, in the regular season. If you guys haven't done so already, join us here on the Facebook page live in the chat box. I see some of you guys have been uh, interacting already. Comment below. Let me know your guys' thoughts on uh, anything you guys want to talk about with uh, Chiefs training camp or even with the NFL in general. If you guys have any questions, uh, comment with those below, and I'll answer those towards the end of the podcast. Before we move any further, I want to give a shout-out to another sponsor of ours, Manscaped. Yes, Manscaped, also a sponsor of the Chiefs Zone podcast. I'll tell you what, if you guys haven't had a chance to use Manscaped, Go use them. Check out their products. Uh, they've got the Weed Whacker, the Lawnmower 4.0. That is their biggest product there. Men, I know you guys have had some trouble below the waist with some cuts there. Those accidental cuts have happened. have happened to me. happened to everybody. Manscaped helps prevent that with their skin-safe technology. Uh, one of the best inventions in the world, I might add. So check them out, and I'll tell you something right now. Their products, awesome products, great products. Uh, but can be a little pricey, and understandably so, because they've got great products that work very well compared to other companies out there, compared to the things that you have used in the past. So if you want to save a little bit on a Manscaped product, go to manscaped.com, choose what you want. I recommend the Lawnmower 4.0, and when you go to checkout, use the promo code FARZINE20, because when you do that, you get 20% off. Not just that, you also get free shipping as well at manscaped.com when you use the promo code FARZINE20. So make sure you guys use that at checkout at manscaped.com. All right, let's move forward here and talk about Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he recently did an interview for Sports Illustrated, um, and he had some very interesting things to say. He mentioned Chris Jones by name and talked about how he wanted Travis Kelsey to earn the money that he wants. He wants Chris Jones to be at training camp. And obviously if Chris Jones at training camp, he'll get what he wants. 
you look at Justin, uh, excuse me, uh, uh, Justin Watson. Uh, didn't mention him with the wide receiver talk, but he did say something very interesting that a lot of you guys loved on the Facebook page that I posted. Uh, in his press conference, he said that he received offers from about six or seven other teams, but he told his agent, let's go back to Kansas City. He wanted to stay in Kansas City rather than go elsewhere. And I know Justin, so many people, when they think of Justin Watson, they think of that game, and I can't remember which game it was, where he had two big drops uh, that would have gone for a big yardage. Listen, should he have caught those? Of course. Do they deserve criticism for that game? Yes. But in general, you know, keep in mind, uh, for most of the season, he was playing behind MVS, Juju, Sky Moore, even uh, KT. Once he got to Kansas City and was available, Travis Kelsey, again, that's your primary target there in the passing department. Justin Watson did a really good job providing depth when his number was called. No, he was not a guy who caught seven passes for 100 yards each game for you. That wasn't his role. But his role was to be a good depth player for this offense. And that's exactly what he did last year. Yeah, he had a couple of drops. Guess what? A lot of number four, number five receivers on other teams might drop passes as well. There's a reason why he's a little lower on the depth chart. Might Maybe it would be a little higher elsewhere. And I think he's got some good skills there. Um, he doesn't have the skill set like a Tyreek Hill or a McCole Hardman or a Kadarius Toney, uh, but that's okay. You know, you could use some of those guys that maybe fit the more pro-style type of receiving game, and that's what Justin Watson brings um, when the Chiefs need some of that when their other plays might not be working. And I think Justin Watson's done a good job of that for the Chiefs on offense. So I think he gets a little bit of a bad rep when people bring up uh, that one game where he dropped, you know, two passes. Okay, he one bad game. Tell me about his other game. I think the the, the frustrating thing, like okay, D Ford, for example. Okay, he was offsides in such a crucial moment in the AFC Championship game. Well, is that really the best way to remember one guy? I know it was such a crucial moment. Uh, I know people are remembered for massive, you know, big play moments, but I think at the same time, you got to, you know, look at a person's body of work, right? Um, whether it's athletics, whether it's the entertainment industry, uh, such as an actor or a politician, if we just look at one thing and we don't look at a person's body of work, what are we criticizing someone for then? Um, I, I, I Again, I, th I think so many times, here's another one. Uh, a lot of people... Uh, talk about uh, Joseph Osai. I actually heard this on SiriusXM the other day, and they were just talking about the Bengals' defense, and they talked about Joseph Osai, and the comment was made. It's like, yeah, he is remembered for that late hit on Patrick Mahomes. It's like, yes, but he also had done a lot of great things for that Bengals' defense, but that late hit on Patrick Mahomes overshadowed everything he had done for the Bengals that year. So, you know, I, I just don't know if that's fair at the end of the day. Do I want to remember D Ford for just one massive fuck up at a crucial moment? Of course not. Um, you know, I, again, I think that's unfair. And I think we have to, again, if we're going to talk about someone and what they've done, we have to talk about their overall body of work. Again, I get it. You know, um, it's almost like a football game. People only talk about a missed penalty uh, towards the end. Uh, they don't talk about a missed penalty, you know, on the second drive of the game in the first quarter. They just don't. So I think that kind of thing to me uh, gets lost for sports fans. And Justin Watson, unfortunately, is an example of it. Um, so I'm glad he's back in Kansas City. But going back to Patrick Mahomes, he made the comment about wanting to stay in Kansas City and trying to make sure the other guys get paid. L listen, I won't go get into this too much because I've gone over this already. Um, I I'm just going to say it right now. I understand it's a passing league, but when the running backs are frustrated with what they're not getting... You know, they kind of have a point when Lamar Jackson is the second highest paid quarterback on average. Like, what does this guy accomplish? Someone tell me right now what has Lamar Jackson accomplished? Nothing. He has one playoff win. You know, I'm not ready to watch a guy get paid millions of dollars, be the second highest paid QB for just one playoff. He's one in three, one in four. It's not good. It's not good. 
Um, the top three paid quarterbacks, uh, it's Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, and Lamar Jackson. Oh, by the way, Flip Hurts and Jackson. So uh, Herbert's one, uh, Jackson's two, uh, and Hurts is three. None of them have a playoff record over 500. Now, Jalen Hurts just had had a great year, almost won the MVP. Um, but again, he's got a playoff record of 500. So I don't know, man. Uh, I don't think it really takes much to get paid these days in the NFL. So uh, good on um, good on those quarterbacks. Uh, they <laughs> they get whatever they want. Meanwhile, all these guys at other positions they uh, they struggle with all of that. So makes you feel good about Patrick Mahomes and uh, just the. Um, just just the fact that he's willing to take less money and he's taking a page out of Tom Brady's book. He even said in the Sports Illustrated interview that he's learning all of this from Tom Brady. All right, I do want to go to this uh, graphic here. For those of you who are listening on the podcast version, I will give you guys the um, the full skinny here. So Ross Tucker, who uh, does a lot for Sirius XM NFL Radio and the 33rd team, uh, by the way, if you don't follow 33rd you should. They put out a lot of great content out there, a lot of great rankings from analysts, former players, uh, really good stuff there over at the 33rd team. So this graphic you guys on the video version see is courtesy of the 33rd team. Ross Tucker ranked all 32 NFL offenses or offensive lines, excuse me. Number one is the Eagles. Number two, the Detroit Lions. They got two very good tackles there. Number three, the Cleveland Browns. And uh, he has those three considered as elite. Then you go to number four. That is the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Chiefs don't have the elite emoji. They have the above average emoji, the thumbs up there. The uh, elite emoji is basically the, the two hands that are up. Um, but he has the Chiefs as above average. But when you look at all of the above average teams, which uh, you've got the Chiefs, the Ravens, Cowboys, Falcons, Vikings, Chargers and the Packers. So you got seven teams uh, where their offensive line is considered above average. The Chiefs are atop of that list. Um, so they're right below that elite category. And listen, I, I, I think we can. Um, I, I think that's pretty fair right there for the Chiefs to be number four. Uh, you've got the best interior offensive line in all of football with Creed Humphrey right there in the middle. A lot of people consider him the best. And if he's not the best, he's definitely number two behind Jason Kelsey. Then you got two monster guards with Joe Tooney, who former New England Patriot doing some great things here in Kansas City. NFL execs actually ranked him as the number two interior offensive lineman in the NFL. Creed Humphrey right there in the top 10. And Trey Smith, who a sixth-round draft pick from 2021, uh, who's just done nothing but maul people at the line of scrimmage or even push forward in the running game. Uh, this guy's a monster right guard, and I'm really glad the Chiefs have him. Um and I think he's, he's a bit underrated, too. I, I really think he's underrated. So you've got the best interior offensive line. you got two, I think, underrated offensive tackles. you got Jawan Taylor, who I'm glad he's staying at right tackle because I'm not really a big fan of moving guys around at positions that don't belong to them. Um, they just haven't played much of. And then you got Landon Smith, who is playing on the left side. Or excuse me, Donovan Smith who's playing on the left side there. And I think that is a really good fit for him. Uh, being a forward Tampa Bay Buccaneer, uh, everything he's accomplished there. He has not been the most consistent offensive tackle in the NFL, but he's had some really good years. And I'm curious if Andy Reid and Andy Heck, the offensive line coach for the Chiefs, if they can do uh, their best to try to get him to revert back to those years where he was one of the better offensive tackles at the time. Uh, I think Juwan Taylor is a great addition. I was I was excited for that signing uh, very early in free agency, and I'm glad he's staying at right tackle too. And listen, I, a lot of people say, oh, you don't pay right tackles. Why not? 
if you have a quarterback named Patrick Mahomes, there is nothing wrong with paying a right tackle a lot of money. Not to mention, I think the season we're coming off of, too, you got to remember Orlando Brown and Andrew Wiley. They were number one and two in the NFL in quarterback pressures allowed. It was, And Mahomes still won the MVP. He still broke the record for most yards in a single season. And by the way, I know a lot of people are going to say, oh, well, he had an extra game. The other guys didn't. Folks, we're going to go to an 18-game system very, very soon. So a lot of records are going to be broken in the near future. So just get used to it. By the way, the people who broke whatever record in 16 games, there were players who played in a 14-game schedule who had their records broken as well. So cry me a river. But anyway, uh, I think with Mahomes, uh, look, you got to take care of your offense, uh, your, your, your quarterback, your franchise quarterback. And in order to do that, you got to do it with this offensive line. Um, listen, I've always said, you know, I want Chris Jones to stay here, but if it gets to a point where the salary cap's not allowing you to keep everybody and you got to think about the near future, which you got to think about very soon with, uh, with guys like Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, yeah, you might need to start picking and choosing who to keep around. You had to do that last year with Tyreek Hill. Looks like you might have to do it again this year with Chris Jones. And if this is if this is the case, I don't mind the Chiefs parting ways with Chris Jones, whether it's very soon or maybe in the in the near future. So, to me, uh, and someone on Twitter sent me something. They said, "Why are you focusing on the offensive line?" And I'm, I'm saying, why not? And the same person responded and said, well, Chris Jones doesn't play on the offensive line. I'm very well aware who plays what. My whole point is you have to pick and choose who you're going to keep around. Listen, this is not a charitable service here. I know people don't like to hear this. And listen, I feel bad because I gave away two Super Bowl jerseys this year. Guess who those two play, those two winners picked? They picked Chris Jones's jersey. So I feel bad. And this is, by the way, part of the reason why I almost never buy jerseys anymore. I was going to buy a Vegas Golden Knights jersey, and the player's jersey who I wanted just signed a five-year deal, and they traded him away. So listen, man, sports is unforgiving sometimes. It really, really is um, in so many ways. But, uh, I, you know, uh, it happens. My whole point is you have to... You, you you just got to understand that not everyone can stay at the end of the day. You got to pick and choose. And if this is the case, I think it's time that you got to maybe consider. And listen, who knows? Maybe once the uh, St. Joe portion of camp is over with, because um, I guess when you return to your facilities, that's technically no longer considered training camp. Um, whatever. The, 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 off topic. But my point is. Maybe Chris Jones comes back for that because maybe he's taking advantage of trying to avoid uh, the whole dorm room situation. Listen, I if I was 29, I mean, I, I, I'm in my 30s. I don't want to go back to a dorm room. I, li- I, I lived those years in college. Those were not fun. You know how boring a dorm room is? Um, spoiler alert, it's pretty fucking boring. Uh, um, uh, I was pretty fortunate. I had my own dorm room both years when I lived at KU, so... Uh, but, uh, you know, when you're, when you're in your twenties, thirties, you're a, you're a husband, you're a father, that dorm room lifestyle is not free. By the way, maybe we can touch on this on another podcast, but should the chiefs continue this whole St. Joe thing? And I'm not saying, you know, the, the, the host, uh, city and the host university, I'm not saying they're they're a bad host. It's just the Chiefs are one of seven teams that do remote training camps. Look, I, I, if you're a player, I think there is some luxury that you need, you know, being in your own bed. And I know not all 90 players are living in Kansas City. Uh, I mean, some of them might be staying in a hotel for the time being until they figure out if they're cut or not. Um, or, or they might be at an Airbnb, you know, whatever it is people need to do uh, to, to kind of get through in these kinds of situations. I, I think the Chiefs do um, do. I think teams do some stuff where they serve housing for players. Uh, that way they're not paying a lease on an apartment and then unable to meet the whole lease. Um, but, but maybe they, they can figure something out there. Uh, but again, at least. You know, you would rather be in your apartment or uh, somewhat of a nicer hotel than a dorm room. You know, 
especially when you're going through the grind. There have been a lot of injuries in training camp so far. A lot of injuries in training camp this year for the Chiefs. So uh, it seems like they've tried to reduce that a little bit, which they have done. Tashawn Wharton was able to come back, which was good news. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, it seems like he's going to be cleared to uh, do more physical activities and get hit uh, at camp, which is good good news, uh, certainly. So uh has been kind of a rough training camp for the Chiefs with the injuries there. So uh, anyway, um, the point I'm trying to say is uh, with the whole Chris Jones thing, you might have to uh, pick and choose who you uh, want to keep around. So, yeah, I would not be mad if they ended up trading trading him, uh, maybe get some draft picks and trying to reserve some of that future money to keep Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith. I would be in, in full favor of that, 100%. Uh... Okay, we talked about Chris Jones. Uh, my biggest question mark, we haven't heard so much about these guys in camp. I'm very curious what the defensive ends are going to look like because you don't have a veteran presence there right now. You don't. You don't have Frank Clark. He's moved on to Denver. You don't have Carlos Dunlap at the moment. So the veteran presence at the defensive end position not very notable. Uh, you have Charles Ominahu, who might be uh, a guy who, who who starts in week one. I don't know. It might be either him or FAU. You have Karloftis. You have FAU. Two very young guys, both recent first-round draft picks. Um, Karloftis got off to a very slow start last year. And then in the second half of the season, including the playoffs, he stepped up and played way better as the season went on which was very encouraging because he got off to a very, very slow start. He did. I think he led the NFL in passes, batted down too. So he did have that going for him despite not getting sacks early on in the season. Um, better than nothing. And, you know, that kind of thing still helps. You know, when you're batting down a pass, you're essentially, you know, if you can't get an interception or you can't get a sack, if you can prevent a completion, hey, that's the next best thing there. So he was able to do some of that. And I'm wondering if he can, if he can do more of that. In 2023, uh, I'm wondering if FAU, uh, what he's learned from him, he's been training with Tom Bahali in the offseason. What is he or uh, Karloftis has been training with Tom Bahali? Um, what can Karloftis hand some of that training over to FAU? That'd be very interesting to see. Uh, BJ Thompson, another rookie who the Chiefs drafted this year in the fifth round. Um, that's a guy who might be uh, involved a little bit this year with the Chiefs uh, defense uh, at, at the edge there. Josh Kendo, who they drafted in the fourth round of a couple of years ago, he's kind of overshadowed because he was part of that draft class with Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Nick Bolton. So a guy like Josh Kendo or a wide receiver like Cornell Powell, both from the, from the same draft class, they don't get talked about as much. Uh, I mentioned uh, Treshawn Warden. He's done a little bit... Uh, uh, on the edge there, but more of an interior guy, Mike Dana. He's played uh, a bit um, at the defensive end position, especially when Frank Clark had to serve that two-game suspension. So he has done some of that. Uh, and then you got uh, some other guys there, Malik Herrig, Daniel Wise, uh, Truman Jones, guys who are fighting to uh, be a part of the roster. Chris Williams, or excuse me, uh, uh, Chris Williams, an interior guy. Um so I'm very curious what this defensive end position is going to look like from the left and the right side. I think the defensive line in general is very interesting because Chris Jones is not there. His future is really uncertain right now. So Derek Noddy, uh, Tashawn Wharton, Danny Shelton, guy, guys who have some of that veteran experience, uh, that's what they bring to that defensive tackle position. And I think a lot of people are excited about Keandre Coburn. Um Big dude, drafted in the sixth round from Texas. I think a lot of people were surprised when he fell in the draft. So could that be another Brett Veach steal? Brett Veach has had a lot of these the past couple of years. He had one with Trey Smith, Isaiah Pacheco, Jalen Watson, uh, Josh Williams, who unfortunately... Um, uh, no, it wasn't him. Who was it that recently went on reserve? Nazee Johnson, that's who it was. Uh, he was getting some first-team reps. Uh, but unfortunately, yeah, he's a cornerback, but uh, that was worth mentioning. I forgot to uh, bring that up. But um, anyway, the point with, with Brett Veach is that uh, he has found a lot of lot of good bright-eyed players in uh, in day three of the draft. So uh, a lot of people think that Keanu Coburn could be uh, one of those guys added to that list 
uh, as well for the Chiefs. So uh, a lot of interesting things to keep an eye on for the Chiefs. That defensive line in general, me specifically, I, I want to see the defensive ends. Uh, but with Chris Jones not there, I think the defensive line as a whole uh, becomes very interesting. Because, again, you don't really know what's going on with Chris Jones. The, um, the future is a little uncertain right now. So uh, we'll see what happens then. By the way, uh, if you guys have a question, anything you guys want to talk about, please comment below. Um, say your thoughts on anything I've talked about. React to whatever you want uh, or ask a question. This is your time to do it. I'm going to get to those very, very soon. Uh, for right now, I do want to touch on one other thing. So Tommy Townsend, uh, he is... Uh, so some news just came out, uh, came out about him last night. Drew Rosenhaus announced that Tommy Townsend is one of his clients. If you guys don't know who Drew Rosenhaus is, he is maybe the biggest super agent in the NFL out there. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it, go watch the 60 Minutes segment on Drew Rosenhaus. It is interesting. I think part of it is stage when he's on the phone yell, pretending to yell at someone. Uh, so uh, make what you want out of that. But in general, I think it's a very good it's a very good segment. Uh, it is a little out of date because they talk about the fact that he's so dedicated to this, that he's been single his whole life. He is married now, um, so very happy for him. Uh, but uh, at the time, he was a single guy, and they talk about that and you know the fact that he's dedicated so much to, to that. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make here is Drew Rosenhaus is now Tommy Townsend's agent. Drew Rosenhaus is also Tyree Kill's agent. The reason that's a big deal is because Drew Rosenhaus, again, very aggressive agent, was very smart. Did not have Tyreek Hill sign anything until they saw what other receivers were getting. Unfortunately for the Chiefs at the time, it didn't hurt them in the long run, obviously. You saw Devontae Adams go to the Raiders and receive that big deal. That did chase Tyreek Hill out of the AFC West. And that was a huge win for the Raiders because they got a big name receiver and they pushed a big name receiver out of the AFC West. Andrew Rosenhaus said, look, Devontae Adams got this. We can get more than that because you're better than Devontae Adams. And he was able to get that in Miami. Now, again, obviously that did not impact the Chiefs in, in the long run. But the point I'm trying to make here is... What could this mean for the Chiefs? Because Tommy Townsend is in the final year of his contract. And this is a guy that is probably Townsend is one of the best punters in the maybe the best punter in the NFL. And if he's not one, he's at least in the top three, maybe top five at the worst. Um, now, even if you are number five, if you got a good agent, he's going to find a way to get you top dollar at that position. Now, the punter position, it's not a position that's going to kill you with the salary cap, but you still want to be careful because with the Chiefs uh, and, you know, what they dealt with with Tyreek Hill last year and what they're dealing with right now in Chris Jones, you want to be able to spend every dollar wisely. Is there a possibility that this is Tommy Townsend's final year? I hope not. I like Tommy Townsend, I, and I think he handled himself very well. When he was facing a lot of criticism, when Dustin Colquitt spoke out and really just lashed out at him on Twitter and in that interview he he gave for 810, um, he had a lot of things to say there about, about Tommy Townsend. I think Tommy Townsend handled all of that very professionally. So I would hate to see a guy like Tommy Townsend go, but it would not surprise me if that happens given who his agent is. And listen, it's not to say Drew Rosenhaus has a... Um, has a vendetta against the Chiefs, or the Chiefs have a vendetta against him. Listen, uh, Drew Rosenhaus probably has a, a player, a client, on all 32 teams, and if he doesn't have a, a client on all 32 teams, it's pretty damn close to it. He's got at least 30 or, or 31. Um, in that 60-minute segment, the um, the reporter who was doing his voiceover for that, for that news story, he said, one thing is guaranteed – a Drew Rosenhaus client will participate in the Super Bowl this year. And he's right. Uh, Drew Rosenhaus, he's got a client every single year in the Super Bowl. So he's um, he's one of the, uh, the big agents out there in the NFL. All right. Uh, this is your time to shine now. As Andy Reid says, time's yours. Uh, I want to read your guys' comments here. So uh, I'm uh, listen, certain comments here, like uh, I, I see a couple of people asking about Chris Jones. Uh, obviously, we've already addressed that. So we may not read those questions, uh, but uh, a couple of questions here I do see. 
uh, and comments. We'll we'll get into that. So if you haven't had a chance to weigh in, if you want to uh, ask a question, if you want to comment on anything that is on your mind, now is the time to do so. Please do so in the comment section. Uh, first comment comes from, let's see, let's try to get a good one to start off here. Joshua says Mahomes is going to be rocking the Jerry Curl come regular season. Okay, this is a big topic because uh, I, a lot of you guys were talking about this on the Facebook page because he talked to his uh, his trainer, Bobby Stroop. Uh, I believe that's how you say his name. Uh, he, he uh, Mahomes told him that uh, he needs to cut his hair because he needs to be more of a father now. I, I, I don't know. I guess I guess as a father, you can't have that kind of hairstyle. I don't know. I mean, listen, I'm not a dad, so I can't um, I can't weigh in too much on that. Blake says Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore have looked pretty good in camp so far. Yeah, Sky Moore, I think he had a got uh, a drop there that he shouldn't have had. But I think in general, yeah, the wide receivers have been very good, Blake. And listen. It's a very interesting comment, too, because you're putting Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore together here. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again. These are two wide receivers who were both recently drafted in the second round and are both wide receivers. So, you know, listen, with 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 second round picks, uh, those are guys who maybe have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder because maybe they feel like they should have been taken in the first round. Um, and again, a position like wide receiver, that is an area, you know, for second round picks. Those are guys who should be able to see a lot of playing time. The problem here in Kansas City is you have you have a lot of interesting names uh, with this wide receiver position. And to think that DeAndre Hopkins might have come here, where would that have put a guy like Rasheed Rice? He might not have seen a lot of snaps this year. Keep in mind, the Chiefs don't have a fullback on the team, so they might use uh, a tight end often for that fullback spot. They might carry four or five tight ends. Matt Bushman could be that fifth tight end. And they, they might also have room for a sixth, maybe seventh wide receiver for the 53-man roster. Uh, I'm speculating, obviously, but, uh, you know, MVS, probably your number one. KT, going to be another starter for your team when he comes back. Sky Moore, I think they want to see more of him after a year under his, his belt. Richie James, again, a guy that's getting a lot of hype. Justin Ross. So where does that leave Rasheed Rice? You know, if Justin Ross lives up to the hype, if, if, if uh, Richie James uh, can uh, get some significant snaps and live up to the hype, where does that leave a guy like Rasheed Rice? I don't know. That might uh, be a, a very interesting topic to discuss later on with um, with the receivers as the season goes on. Uh, James had over 500 yards with Daniel Jones throwing to him. I think he's going to look very good in this offense. Yeah, and he was their one of their more significant, the most significant receiver on the Giants offense, which, again, was not a great offense by any stretch. Uh, did you watch UFC 291? And did you like Derek, the Black Beast Lewis celebration? Uh, give him a Calvin Klein sponsorship. Yeah, he, he's done this before. So one of the biggest pay-per-views in UFC history was Habib Nurmagomedov, Habib Nurmagomedov versus Conor McGregor. Everyone knows how that ended. That same pay-per-view, uh, Derek Lewis took off his shorts in celebration. Um, and uh, Joe Rogan goes, why'd you take off your shorts? He goes, my balls was hot. So that, uh, because it was uh, one of the highest purchased pay-per-views in UFC history. Um, that comment went viral because a lot of people saw it. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. He didn't say that this time around Joe Rogan just knew already. Uh, he went with it. So that was, uh, that was a very funny moment with, um, with Derek Lewis. UFC 291 was pretty good in general. Uh, I took a lot of heat, even from fellow Chiefs fans, for saying I wanted Justin Watson. Like, yeah, Justin, uh, my friend uh, Charles Goldman, um, by the way, shout out to him. He's now with A to Z Sports. He made a very interesting tweet or X, whatever the hell we're calling this thing now. He said that uh, Justin Watson appears to be the next Dan Sorensen. I, I, I hope that's not the case. I really don't. I think Justin Watson is under. Listen, I just mentioned the list of wide receivers a moment ago. I did not mention Justin Watson. Again, I forgot Justin Watson's name. There are a lot of names on this wide receiver right now. We've gone, I've gone over this before as to who I think the six wide receivers would be, maybe seven. 
someone, I don't want to say someone good is going to get left out, but someone who I think could be a solid contributor might get left out unless you have seven. Let's just say they have seven. Who's my seven? I'm saying MVS, KT, Sky Moore, James, Rice, Watson, and uh, Justin Ross. That's seven. So a guy like Cornell Powell, he might get the axe. Amir Smith-Marset. Jerry Ely. I know he's been, you know, doing some receivers, some running backs. Nico Remigio. uh, I know he's gotten some... um, some attention as well in camp. Kakoa Crawford. Yeah, I mean, I I, it's, I, th- I just think for guys like Fry Fogel and, and Ty Scott, uh, I, I just, not to say they're bad or anything, but I, it's just an uphill battle for those guys. It really is. Unless people are going to be surprised in that the Chiefs just feel like Justin Ross is not it, but I, I, I don't anticipate that to be the case. Not at all. Justin Ross has been getting a lot of love. From Andy Reid, from Patrick Mahomes today in um, in press conferences on the field, you know Ross has been he's been getting a lot of passes his way. So I don't think we would get uh, I don't know what would constitute as a surprise cut with the wide receivers, unless you go with six, someone like a Justin Ross or a Richie James. Maybe a Justin Watson gets let go there. I don't know. That is for Brett Veach to figure out. Uh, the QB market got broken when the Browns signed it. Yeah, a lot of people blame him for that. Um, it's funny. Uh, Richard Sherman blames Patrick Mahomes because he thinks Patrick Mahomes could have taken a better deal. Bryce says, I think the Chiefs should be number three. Yeah, you're you're referring to that graphic with the offensive line. Oh, yeah. I I I don't I don't disagree. I think the Chiefs should be considered as elite than above average for sure. Brett says Creed Humphrey is more important long term than Chris Jones. I 100 percent agree, man. Listen, I know a lot of people don't like this game, and I say it so many times, but I think Super Bowl 55 forever is going to be one of the more important games in Chiefs history for as long as Patrick Mahomes is a member of this franchise. Because look. If he had at least an offensive line there, yeah, you you probably at least make it a contest. And look, uh, the offensive line, obviously no fault of their own with receivers dropping passes. That's a whole nother discussion there. Um, I love when Chiefs haters, you know, they want to overshadow Patrick's two Super Bowls by saying, oh, well, he got his ass kicked by the Bucs and he broke the record for most yards ran backwards. What do you want him to do when it's, he's playing with a junior varsity offensive line in that game? What do you want him to do? What do you expect from him? Um, what would your quarterback do? Like the things that Mahomes was still doing in that game, you know, throwing crossbody, hitting Daryl freaking Williams in the hands. What else was he supposed to do in that game? You know, like Mahomes did everything he could possible to put the Chiefs in position to win. Tyreek Hill didn't. Daryl Williams didn't. The offensive line didn't. Andy Reid didn't. Andy Reid, horrible play calling. And yeah, he dealt with a lot of things that week. But um, I mean, that would have been the best time to let uh, um, EB, Eric Bieniemy call the plays. But no, Andy had to keep it for himself. Uh, what about these rookies show, showing out? Casey Blitz says, yeah, um, you know, it, it, this is this really goes to uh, to Brett Veach's job here. And uh, Patrick Baum has actually talked about this today a little bit. Um, this just goes to show what great of a job Brett Veach has done early on in Brett Veach's time as a GM. He his hands were tied. He had to get the Chiefs out of the salary cap hellhole they were in, and he had to try to adjust some of that. And over time, once he finally got some room with the salary cap, he made some moves, got guys like Sammy Watkins, who was a solid contributor here, Juju Smith-Schuster, as well at the wide receiver position, and then through the draft, man, the the last two drafts, obviously not counting 2023, um, they've been home runs. I mean, he has hit a grand slam home run with the last two drafts, and I just don't know what, I, I mean, you could not have had a better draft in 2021 and 2022 when you traded Tyreek Hill and you got that, those hall of draft picks, they were used pretty damn well. And my biggest concern before last year was what the hell's going to happen to the quarterbacks. 
boy, did they thrive last year or what? I mean, I, I that's why, you know, people are bummed out about Nazee Johnson. Um, and, and, and he's not going to be uh, uh, playing this year. Uh, unfortunate, but unfortunately, that's um, that's just what happens. Uh, it, man, injuries are part of sports in a very unforgiving way, uh, and it just sucks. Yeah, Brad, you're right. Drew's, Drew Rosenhaus is going to gonna try to uh, get him paid so um that's just the way you know there's a reason why tommy townsend changed agents so let me quickly see tommy if it shows who he was with before on spot track sports stars so more of an agency company than um than a superstar agent okay yeah, some 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 uh, some players. That's who they have as their as their agent. Michelle's asking. Speaking of Eric Bieniemy, how is it going to be without Eric Bieniemy? Look, I think Matt Nagy is going to try to bring in his own creativity for this offense here. So I, I, I listen. I don't think it's going to be too different here. I know Sammy Watkins, and he deleted the tweet, but he faced some criticism when he said that the Chiefs offense is going to take a big step back, or they're not going to be the same without EB. Um, listen, I think the Chiefs offense is still going to be the same, maybe a little better. We'll see. It just kind of depends with these receivers here. And if they live up to the hype, um, I think it's going to be the same. It really keep in mind. This is Andy Reid's offense here. It's always been Andy Reid's offense. Doesn't matter if Doug Peterson was the offensive coordinator. Doesn't matter if Matt Nagy was the OC. Doesn't matter if Eric B was the OC. It's always been Andy Reid's offense. He's the primary play caller. Yeah, he's handed off play calling duties a couple of times. He did it for Doug Peterson when they started off 1-5. Remember that? The Chiefs won 11 in a row. He did the same thing for Matt Nagy. The Chiefs won their last four regular season games. Um, Eric Bieniemy never was labeled as a play caller, but look, I don't know who the play caller was. There are so many times where you, when you're watching a Chiefs game last year, you saw Eric Bieniemy covering his mouth with the play sheet, and you can see, you know, he's talking. You can tell his jaw's moving, and he's got a lot of things to say in that headset right there. Um, it's weird because when the offense was clicking and rolling, Patrick Mahomes got credit, Travis Kelsey got credit, Andy Reid got some credit, but when the offense was not doing as well as they they could have, should have, people blamed Eric Bieniemy. So the way I viewed it from the fan standpoint on Twitter and you know maybe not the best place, not the best source to go to, but according to Chiefs Kingdom on Twitter, when the offense was struggling, Eric Bieniemy was calling the plays. When the offense was great, Andy Reid was the play caller. I don't know, man. I, I don't agree with that that kind of mindset, but that's just the way uh, a lot of people um, a lot of people viewed it. Brad asked a similar question: If um, not having the enemy will affect the offense, maybe a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be anything to where to anything we're going to notice. Uh, again, I think Matt Nagy as an offensive coordinator, he's going to try to bring in his creativity uh, and, and try to bring in some things that uh, maybe he did not have before. Maybe th some things he did before as an offensive coordinator and tried to install that. Uh, back into the offense because every offensive coordinator is going to have their own thing here. Uh, and, and listen, this is probably part of the reason or maybe a huge reason why EB had to move on is because he was never given the play calling duties. Again, from our public knowledge, um, it, it's just so weird that he's not a head coach. Man, there are some really shitty passing game coordinator coaches that got head coaching jobs and EB didn't Joe freaking judge, you know, not to shit on special teams coordinators, but a special teams coordinator got a job. Um, you know, the chiefs offense has been great for so many years. Listen, I think this is kind of like the Patriots. Look at the Patriots. Okay. Charlie Weiss was credited for that offense for a while. And listen, Charlie Weiss was a fantastic offensive coordinator here in KC. It was only for one year, but in that one year, Matt Castle and Dwayne Bowe were Pro Bowlers. Back in a time where I would at least argue that the Pro Bowl meant something significant. Um, Charlie Weiss as a head coach, though, horrible. Um, just terrible. Josh McDaniels? As an offensive coordinator, did some great things, uh, even with, with Mac Jones there. But as a head coach, this guy's been been dog shit. <laughs> um, 
Uh, and listen, the Raiders have had problems before the uh, Josh McDaniels, but um, listen, who who was the mastermind in New England? Was it really the, the Belichick, or did the coordinators have something to do with it? Listen, I think the coordinators still deserve credit, but you know, a lot of that probably was on Belichick and Brady. Uh, Dan Shanka, who's a great friend of mine, does a lot of great stuff scouting for OurLads.com, former Chief Scout, also a former KU Scout, also scouted for Andy Reid in Philadelphia. Uh, we, he and I have talked about this in the past on a podcast. I said, why can't Belichick disciples succeed? And he laughed, and his theory was that Belichick does not reveal everything, not even to his own assistants, which if that's the case, that might be – that's bonkers. <laughs> it really is. Um, listen, I don't know why that is, uh, that is, but if that theory, you know, do I agree with it? I don't know. Um, do I think it's a, it's a crazy theory? Not really. Might, might have some truth to that. Um, but that's just the way things work. But Hey, I'll tell you what, man, Belichick's got some work to do in new England, because if he does not get that offense going with Mac Jones and with, um, who's that former Texans coach, um, that's back there. Uh, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. I, I think he replaced McDaniels when McDaniels went to go be the Broncos head coach. Uh, Bill O'Brien, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. It might be time to hang it up after this year. By the way, Belichick's already in midseason form with his uh, press conferences. I don't know if you guys saw this. He was asked um, about competition at the quarterback spot. He said, everybody's competing. All 90 guys are competing. And the follow-up question from another journalist was, does that mean Mac Jones does not have the quarterback spot secured? And he goes, all 90 guys are competing. <laughs> Belichick is in midseason form. Uh, typical Bill Belichick. Never change. All right. That's it for the questions and comments. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode of the Chief Zone. We're getting closer and closer to kickoff. Looking forward to it. Appreciate everyone who downloaded and listening to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever it may be. Subscribe to the podcast. Please give us a five-star rating on there. Greatly helps out the podcast. You guys can also listen to the podcast live every Wednesday at 7 o'clock. We go live. So be sure you guys tune in and join us for a live Chief Zone. We also do a live Red Friday live stream. The Red Friday live chat, I should say. So join us on Red Fridays for those live chats. And uh, we can interact on there as well. That is separate from the podcast. That is only exclusive to uh, Facebook and YouTube. So make sure you guys join us for that. All right. I am Farzim Vasugian. I am out of here. Appreciate you guys joining me once again. I will talk to you guys later. Take care.